Hi, welcome back to Lessons I Learned in Law with me, Scott Brown. I'm founder and managing director of Harriet Brown in-house legal recruitment. We specialise in placing lawyers in fulfilling careers in in-house legal teams. On each episode of the podcast, I get the chance to sit down with a top legal mind who shares their three lessons that they've learned from their career in law or lessons that they've applied to their career in law. With any luck, you'll leave the podcast having listened and you're inspired, armed with more knowledge that you've got to help you along your own career path. My guest today, I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Wilson. Hi, Matt. Hi there, Scott. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Matt is General Counsel at Fremantle, where he's joined recently. I'm excited to hear more about that new position. Prior to being at Fremantle, Matt held the role as General Counsel for EMEA and APAC at Uber, which took him into other jurisdictions in Europe. He also held positions in-house at Arsenal and at Telefonica, really interesting across a variety of sectors. We'll find out more about all that during our conversation, but Matt, if you don't mind, we'll jump into lesson one. Sure thing. Let's go for it. First lesson that I've certainly learned over the years is that if you're giving advice that you want to be able to rely on or be able to evidence in the future, make sure you write it down or record it in some way. And that really comes from, especially the way the profession's gone and the in-house profession's gone in the past decade or so. We give so much advice and are involved in so much of the decision-making within our companies all of the time. When you have been somewhere for a while, and I I think actually it's probably also the more senior that you get, you have very strong trusted relationships with the board, with um, the rest of senior management. The, The advice you give is often verbal and decisions can be taken on hoof. And that's part and parcel of the jobs that we all do that we're, we're giving advice all the time, legal and non-legal, and guiding the businesses that we work for and, and helping the people that we work with. And that's generally fine. However, things go wrong. <laughs> things go wrong in every company around the world. They go wrong in, in all different walks of life, and that's part of life. And it can often happen in very unexpected ways. So things that you would never give two thoughts to can come back and you, you get asked, oh, what about this? What was the advice around that? And and so on. And ensuring as much as you can that the advice that you've given and the decisions that have been taken on the basis of that advice is recorded somewhere is really important. And that's not only to protect the companies that we work for, but it protects you as well. Just a, an example of that. Many years ago, I gave some verbal advice at Uber and the advice was spot on. The business had acted on the advice and that was all fine. Three years later, we had a regulatory inquiry as an investigation in a particular jurisdiction. And that incident that was around the the advice concerned and um, that the business had acted on the the advice, we hadn't written it down anywhere. And we, we were being asked questions about it. And the easiest thing in the world w- would have been to say, well, here's a chain of emails that show what the advice was and what the business did about it. And it all was fine in the end, but it caused some unnecessary stress. And so as uncomfortable as it can sometimes be to write the advice down and make sure you, we're dotting I's and crossing T's, getting into the habit of doing that in some way, shape or form is a really good discipline to have. And 
the technology that we we now have access to enables us to do that in in ways that are far easier or far better than existed maybe 10 years ago where you'd have a big pile of notebooks at home somewhere or in the office of all of the kind of daily notes i now use microsoft one docs um other people use you know rolling g docs and, and things like that and great to be able to use those things as evidence which show you know when the notes were created and so on and so forth so that would be my first one so if in doubt write it down good lesson clearly from lived experience in that indeed the, what was the heart rate like <laughs> at, oh, that, at that point variable i would say <laughs> um was that the the light bulb moment for writing stuff down i think it's something that you you always know and you're always told but you get into positions i think in especially in house where you just get comfortable with your your environment you get comfortable and you trust the people that you work with and you're moving very quickly and pace is important and it's good to have a reminder that while moving quickly maintaining the discipline that's important especially as lawyers is still crucial I can imagine in tech yeah it's very need that information now need the answer now let's let's move move forward in tech in particular yeah yeah so much is done on teams calls and on zoom calls yeah. And a lot of the time, those things aren't recorded. But of course, now with the, the advance of uh, technology, with AI coming in as well, it's going to be easier to transcript those calls in the future, to produce summaries of them and so on and so forth. Whereas before that would have taken um, a lot of additional work. So for lawyers, I think this is something that will become easier as time goes on. Yeah. Keep your guard up at all times. Do you think there's any other function within a business that has to do that as well, or is it is yeah, it something you feel is unique? Absolutely, you know, finance, HR, all of the support functions, I think important. The board as well, you know, anyone in a senior decision making capacity, having those decisions and the reasons for them, being able to evidence them, is generally a, I think, a good thing from a from corporate responsibility point of view and accountability point of view. So if I'm the CEO or the COO, the decisions you take are always based on the facts that you have available to you at the time. Mm-hmm. And context for, for those decisions is everything. It's really easy five years down the line for someone to turn and say, well, why did the CEO make, make that decision? Being able to show why that decision was made is important. And I think it can be useful. move on to lesson two never assume and always be curious someone said to me the other day that assumption makes an ass out of you and me and i think that is a a good way of looking at it not everyone will see or understand things the same way as you do mm. and in the roles that we have as in-house lawyers having curiosity and maintaining the color the courage to keep pulling at important threads where facts are often uncertain is really important. It can change perspectives and it can actually change the advice that you give in a very material way. That kind of don't assume, always be curious piece, I think equally applies when we're dealing with people and when we're managing relationships. And the, the reality is we don't know what's going on in each other's lives most of the time. And taking that time to understand each other, to get to know the people that you work with, the people in your team, what motivates them, what their difficulties are, personal and professional, 
is just a vital part of being able to lead and manage any teams yeah. and to get to get things done. I have one exception to the never assume, and that is do assume good intent. Right. So that's that's the that's the one caveat I'd make to to the to the piece of advice. But assume good intent until you're proven otherwise. Not everyone will do things the same way. That's okay. That's that's how we learn. It's how we harness things like diversity of thought. It's how we make better decisions by challenging each other and assuming good intent until you're proven otherwise. But otherwise, don't assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just started with a coach. The initiation of the process is um, the insight discovery. Um, yeah, we, we do that with all of our all of our teams here. Actually, yeah, so. I've never done one before. Absolutely crazy how accurate some of the statements are. How have you used those? Yeah, to get to know each other better as people and figuring out who has kind of majority blue, yellow, red, green, where you are on the wheel, what your dominant color traits are, what what it causes stress for people to index on. It was fantastic. We had all of our global heads of legal together. We've done the same at Uber and I've done the same here and created the, the color wheel where you see where everyone is, who's similar to you, who's different, who your opposites are. And it really helps in just adjusting how we all approach each other and work with each other. Yeah. And how we communicate with, with each other. Yeah. Well, for the next couple of months, I think we're going to, we're going to invest in that as well and, and look at doing that as a team because it is just your blind spots are crazy and it's your perception of yourself that looks at the start. That's the starting point of it, how you perceive yourself in your, your working context and how that's perceived by others. Like you say, what your, what your blind spots, what your weaknesses are. As with any team, it helps you as a leader to think about what you need in the team as well. So I've always tried to recruit for the things that I'm not good at. So I make sure I have people that are good at the things that I'm not great at. And we have that true diversity in the team. What Insights helps with is identifying, well, wait a minute, we don't have as many people that find being yellow and inspirational as easy as we have, for example, red or blue or they're a bit green in terms of colors. That can be really helpful when thinking about when you're going out to recruit and you're looking for different personality types to round out a diversity of characters that you have, have in the team. Have you used it as part of the selection process or is it then understanding yeah. what someone that's coming yeah. in? Not yeah. up to this point anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely opened my eyes to it. I was skeptical when I was, the 25 questions, it felt a little bit where is this going? It feels like it's going to be a bit random. Am I answering these truthfully or playing up to what I what I think my, my job should be? So really interesting. The, the curiosity and, and assumption plays into a big part of that. We were talking before we, we, we hit record, but you've, you've spent time in Amsterdam. How was that? Fabulous. We we're lucky enough when I was at Uber to have the opportunity to, we started, I started off for two years in, in London and then was asked middle of 2017 whether I take on the Amir um, and then APAC roles. Um, and that would involve a move to Amsterdam with my wife and our three daughters. And so we uh, packed up the car, Christmas 2017 going into 2018. I spent New Year's Eve on a little um, Ibis hotel on the Belgian border and rolled into the Netherlands the next morning on New Year's Day 2018. And we were there for we were there for four years. We had a fantastic time. The Netherlands is just a, a wonderful country. It's brilliantly organised. It's a real melting pot for people from all over the world. Amsterdam is a remarkably easy place for expats to settle and live and work. It's great for kids. Anywhere where you can 
cycle for 10 minutes and be wherever you need to be is a pretty special place. And so we had a, a, a brilliant time in those four years, including through, you know, we were there through COVID and the ability to at lunch when the kids were at home to just get on the bike and go for a, go for a cycle. The restrictions weren't quite as bad in the Netherlands as they were here in the UK in terms of where you could go and who you could see. So it, it, it was fabulous. Good adventure. Great family adventure. Yeah. Career in law, did you think that there would be opportunities to travel or do you think there are as a, as a profession? Do you think there's many opportunities to go and yeah. work and live elsewhere? I think, I think as with a lot of things in life, the, the opportunities are there if you seek them out and you, you have to be proactive about it from a personal point of view. You have to have a bit of a sense of adventure, a bit of a sense of curiosity and then pick the places where you work accordingly. So Telefonica was just as good from an international travel point of view. And the team I was in was a very international team. When I left Telefonica, we had people in Latin America, in, in the States, as people in the team in, in Spain, as well as in the UK and, and elsewhere, and, and was traveling all over the world at that point. It gave a real taste for living abroad. And when the opportunity came up to, to go to Amsterdam, we jumped at it. It wasn't just about living and working somewhere else like Amsterdam. I think something that I've enjoyed a, a huge amount through my career is working in diverse environments and experiencing diverse environments. So whether that is working in teams that are from all over the world and our, t- our team at, at Uber and Amir and APAC had over 30 different nationalities based in over 20 different countries. It was just fantastic. We'd get on Zooms and Teams and we'll have meetings in person and people would just be there from, from all over the world, sharing stories, sharing experiences and perspectives. And that's something I've always really enjoyed. And then a- allied to that ability uh, is something that I was very grateful for, both at Uber and Telefonica in particular. I still have that here at Fremantle. The ability to travel as part of your job if you'd have told me 10 years old growing up in Northwest London, that as part of my job in the future, I would travel to places like Nigeria, uh, South Africa, Argentina, Brazil, Pakistan, India, Hong Kong, as well as all of the wonderful countries we have, have here in Europe. I wouldn't have believed you to, to begin with, but I'd have absolutely bitten your hand off. And I just feel very privileged and fortunate that that's how the career has, has panned out. Lesson three. Okay, lesson three. So let's put it under the heading of this too shall pass. Part of any lawyer's job, and in particular, I think this, this rings true for in-house lawyers and, and general counsel, is dealing with crises. I've had my fair share of those in my career. I think like any in-house lawyer does. And your ability to stay calm under pressure and think clearly under pressure will define not just how you deal with the, the crisis at hand, but also what other people's opinion of you might be and how you affect others as well. Because how you, how you act and how we act as, as lawyers and as people affects everyone around us. That, that could be our colleagues more widely with the business, as well as our teams. This too shall pass. Everything worked itself out in the end. And short of issues actually being a matter of life and death, and sure, there are some lawyers that deal with matters of life and death, and I 
I recently met the general counsel for the British Army. That's a that's a different kettle of fish. But in most of our jobs, we won't be dealing with issues of life and death. And so, retaining some perspective in the middle of a crisis, I think, is always important. Knowing in the knowledge that give it a passage of time, that crisis will will fade into the rearview mirror one way or another. Whether that is a business issue, a regulatory issue, litigation, people-related issues, they all work themselves out. And the best that any of us can do is stay calm, make the best decisions that we can, make sure you're authentic to yourself, be aware of your own red lines, and make sure that whatever you, you, you do and however you act and whatever decisions you make and the advice that you give, you're able to look yourself in the mirror the next day. The other thing I want to say on this is when you're in those situations and actually just every single day, every interaction that you have with another person matters. Even more so in our in our roles as lawyers. The position that we have in organizations, I've always thought of as a real privilege. And it's a privilege because we we see and we're involved as a team in pretty much everything that businesses do. I think we all need to be very careful how we use that privilege because as I say, how we act and what we say and our demeanor, it affects everyone around us. So every interaction that we have with people really does matter. It can give them a good day, it can give them a bad day, depending on how they come across us and how we act with them. Yeah, we have the ability to give others a platform for their voices and their ideas and to, to lift them up, but we also have the ability to give people a bad day. And now that doesn't mean that we still have to be transparent, honest, authentic, and all of those things that, go, that almost goes without saying, but doing it in a thoughtful, empathetic way where you're putting yourself in the shoes of the, the person that you're interacting with is so important. And sure, we all come across situations that are difficult, that are hard, mm-hmm. that are stressful, but making sure that teams are cognizant that you know, we will generally, you will get through those situations. You'll do that by working together and you'll do it by working together in a way that is, that is structured and thoughtful and transparent. And surrounding yourself by good people, I assume, and yeah. comes back to that good in, good intent and of, of everyone that's working there and the, the right ethics. If there was a fourth one, yeah, um, recruit well would be the the other one. And like like you, you I think you've hit the nail on the head. Surrounding yourself with good good people that you trust, mm-hmm. and actually, uh, I've always had a mantra of recruit people that are better than you are. So I've always tried to recruit people that either are or have the potential to be better than I am at my job. If you do that, I don't think you can go too far wrong. Great. Well, I'm conscious of time. We'll we'll wrap up there, but thank you very much for sharing those lessons with us, Matt. It's been great. My pleasure, Scott. It's been great chatting. If you've enjoyed Matt's lessons, then please check out the back catalogue of of lessons that we've got on Lessons I Learned in Law and and Why Not Subscribe. And thank you for listening. I've been Scott Brown and uh, we'll see you next time.